My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Hello, Stitchers! Hey, everybody! Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Ominous Stitch Podcast. How's everybody doing? Hanging in there? Are you ready for the Super Bowl? I am so ready. This this comes out right before the Super Bowl, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, so at the time of recording... Yes, the, we are way ahead. <laughs> yes, so the, the Ravens are playing the Chiefs, right? and the Lions are playing the 49ers. Right. So that's where we're at. That's right. about to happen. It's about to happen. And it's about to go It's about down. to go down. And I was thinking about this last week. Uh-huh. Um, and I totally didn't mention this in my stitches. And I asked you today, what was the question that I asked you? Your dream? About my dream. Have I ever told you about my dream? Yes, this is your stitch. So have this you is told my me? She, she asked, have I ever told you my dream of me being a cheerleader for the Kansas City Chiefs? Chiefs. <laughs> and you're like, what? No. <laughs> no. Okay. You're going to love this. Okay. Are you ready? This happened in college. Oh, okay. okay. So way back in the 2000s. Oh, so this isn't a recent dream. No, this okay. is way back in the 2000s. Way back. Way are back. You are you predicting something? Is it, yes. This is crazy. Okay. Okay. So way back in the 2000s. And oh, oh, my kids love to say, you know, way back in the 1900s, whenever we're talking about something that happened when, you know, we were growing up. <laughs> I'm not happy about it's that. It's so funny. They're like, the 1900s, that was so long ago. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, I'm a product of the 1900s. That's, we live through the 1900s. Like most, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, that was a side note on my dream. So this was, no, this was in the 1900s because I was in college. I graduated. Oh. This is how old I am. I graduated in the year 2000. <gasps> year 2000. In the year 2000. <laughs> my husband's been watching that a lot really? again. Yeah. He loves them. My eldest is yeah. watching them oh, too. Really? And he, he just keeps singing it. And uh. I'm like, Please stop. <laughs> and I brought it back today and for you. And you brought Yay. it back. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So what, okay, when did so you graduate? This is in the 1900s. So I graduated in, in 2000 from uh, from Pepperdine University. Woohoo! Woo Go Waves. And so this was in the 1900s. Okay. And so I had a dream before football season started. I was at school. So it had to have been like, I don't know, sophomore, junior, or senior year because I was already friends with these people. And this was before... The school started. Oh, the school year okay. started. <laughs> this will make sense in a minute. So I had a dream <laughs> that I was a Chiefs cheerleader and I was in the locker room and we were, you know, the girls were getting ready to go cheer. And I'm like, what's going on? What am I doing? And they're like, we're going to go cheer on the, the team. This is our job. This is what we do. And I'm like, I'm not a cheerleader and I'm not a cheerleader. I've had a lot of friends that are cheerleaders. I am not that coordinated. I was an athlete, but I'm not, I can't, I can't jump and cheer and do I, all that I, stuff. I get too winded if I try. <laughs> I can't do that. That's not me. not me. So I was like, what is going on? And I was freaking out of my dream. And then, but then I woke up and one of my best good friends, his name is Patrick. So, hey, Patrick. What's up? 
he is a huge Chiefs fan. He grew up in Missouri and so big Chiefs fan. And, you know, I, as you guys know, I am a low-key Chiefs fan because it, it was ingrained in my family because, you know, they're all Chiefs fans. So anyway, I went up to him and I was like, Patrick, I had the strangest dream last night. I dreamed that I was a cheerleader for the Chiefs. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, so I think they're going to have a really good year this year. I think they're going to have a great season because I had this dream that I was a cheerleader for them. And he's like, cool that's awesome and then the season started guys that was the year the Chiefs went 12 and 0 what <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was Creepy. crazy so he would come up to me you know every like Monday or something after after the Chiefs played and he's like they won they won again they won they keep winning oh my gosh and then as we were heading towards Super Bowl he's like are you having any more dreams and he, <laughs> I'm like I'm like no but I think they're they're done I don't think that they're gonna win the Super Bowl oh, and they no. didn't they didn't so I like knew spooky. It was weird. That's the only time that that's ever happened. Should have played I on money. I know I should have bet. Why didn't you do that? Go to <laughs> Vegas, man. Because you know I I wasn't really following football. I just had this dream, and I was like, I think they're gonna do good. Crazy, right? Little little that's premonition spooky. there. Yeah. Any it's dreams never, about this year? No, it's never yeah. happened again. Dang. <laughs> it was never happened again. And let me tell you, for years, my friend Patrick would check with me. He's like, any dreams? Any dreams? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it was just that one time. Dang so, it. Yeah, I know. You need to channel it. Sit down in front of like an NFL logo and just and like just channel, <laughs> absorb meditate. <laughs> and then you could tell me. No. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So that was my stitch. I was like, I, I thought about that. When I was watching the Chiefs play last weekend, and I was like, oh, I need to tell. Oh, ooh, ooh, another ooh. moment of precog. So during the Chiefs game, when they were playing Buffalo, uh -huh. and the, you know, it was the last few minutes of the game, and the Buffalo and the Bills had the ball, and they were kicking the field goal. Okay. Before they kicked the field goal, I'm going wide right, wide right, wide right. And it totally went wide right. And I was like, holy crap, I called that. <laughs> You ruined the game, Angela. No, I so won the game. We were so, I was so going excited. for the Bills. We're, we're like, come you? on, man. <laughs> Kick it. I, I feel so bad for that kicker, by the way. Like, he's probably getting so many, like, hate mail. No, I mean, from what I heard, the wind gusts were insane. Sure, but. And so I'm sure a lot of it had to do with uh, the wind because it was blowing different in the middle of the field than it was at the yeah, field goal. Yeah, but. But it's your one job. <laughs> you got one job. You had one job. You didn't do it right. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, I it happened. It was a really good game, and I was so excited. And then that happened, and I was it was like, a good. Oh, game. what a heart wrenching a time! But good I job, mean, Bills. You, you did he didn't well. lose it for them. The most he would have done was tied it. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And then the At least still would have won. Oh, well, <laughs> your opinion. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, the Chiefs are good. So yeah, but it's fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Don't tell us what happens because we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will know because you are in the future. You're goofy. <laughs> You're funny. Uh, so what's got you in stitches this week, Nicole? Oh, so much fun. It, uh, we have a new follower, which was exciting <gasps> to talk to. Yes. I Okay. I want to apologize to Jen because I really... <laughs> Okay, Jen can attest to this. It's Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. So Jen can attest to this. She was sweet and decided to send us a message because we ask you guys to all the time. Right. And 
I feel so bad because we both like, <laughs> I'm telling you, if somebody messages us, we pounce and yeah. we're like, hey! I, just, I got off work and I was like, oh my gosh. And so we were just talking and then I was like, hey, Angela, we got to follow. And she jumps on and starts messaging her and like coming from both ways. I know. So. I'm like, oh, we're probably scaring her. She's going to stop <laughs> listening now because we're just like, oh my gosh, somebody's no. talking to us. Hi. She was so sweet. In my brain, I'm like, the only people that listen to us are, you know, my family. family. Yeah. My family. I'm like, oh, friends. other people listen to us. That's so cool. Cool. Yes, but also yeah. it was so fun. I I was advising um, a student. He's about to graduate, and he came in, and we we're talking, and he crochets. Oh, okay? fun! And he's like, "So I'm listening to your podcast." I'm like, oh, oh, thank you. And he's like, "I'm still catching up," but um, he's like, he was so cute because he's like, "You guys just went over the herringbone stitch," and I was like, "Yeah." yeah. Angela and he's like, "I don't know how to do it," and I just wanted to ask you. I was like, "Well, she did it. We have a video, <laughs> but it's left hand." so you can check it out he's right-handed mm-hmm. and so he's like oh my gosh great 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 so I showed him to it and you know but he's so cute and he's like selling his like little crochet things he, as a college student that's hard right so yeah he's working with 85 degree cafe so shout out if you're there I don't know exact date it's pretty soon in Northridge he's selling his things but he gave me this cute little coaster it's a frog coaster oh how cute yeah but we have another listener oh yay see so People are listening. People are listening. But what I'm really excited about is that all these students want to create a crochet club. (gasps) I love it. Yes. And they're so excited. And they're like, when are we going to do it? I'm like, very soon. I promise. I promise we'll have a date. So I'm trying to get times to work it out. I want to come join. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we're going to take like an hour a week or two every every other week. We're going to have a time. We're all going to sit down and like they want to learn. I'm just going to do my crochet. It's going to be a very calming time. So I love it. I'm very happy. We need more crochet circles in our life. Seriously. I mean, you guys, this this podcast started because Nicole and I were like, well, let's sit together and crochet. Yeah. Yeah. And that was he. my student was like, I need something to listen to while I crochet. I'm like, that's, yeah, that's why, why we, we did, did it. it. Yeah, yes. this is full circle. Yay. <laughs> that's awesome. So that made me really happy and I had to share it with you. Yay. Yeah. I love it. Right? I love it. Yay. So we got some more. So thank you for listening, everybody. We're so happy. Yes. We love this. And if you want to be bombarded by Nicole and I, just send us a message. <laughs> <laughs> we will jump right on it as soon as we see it and be like, hi. <laughs> Angela's more vigilant at the emails. I'm terrible with that. But when it comes to the Instagram, because that's what I'm on. Yeah, all Nicole's the time, all on Instagram. That's why I'll, I'll say hi. So yeah, my sister. I was talking to my sister Becca the other day. By the way, hey Nicole, do you yes. consider Becca your friend? I consider Becca my good friend. Yeah, see, yeah. told you, Becca. Yeah, hi Becca. <laughs> Becca's like I listen to Nicole all the time. I've met her once, but I feel like <laughs> we're best friends. I'm like, you are Yay, friends. Yes, <laughs> I love her. I get. I hear about you through Angela. So. I know. So it's like you guys. I are, already know her too. Yeah. 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 See. Ta-da! <laughs> You're friends. You're good. Yeah. Um. But oh, I forgot what I said. <laughs> so, oh, but I did want to say this real quick. Okay. So, um, I did talk about this blanket, my C2C blanket, which yes. we should post because it's finished. Nicole actually has it on her lap right now. Did I put a picture of it? I, I think, think we have a picture of it halfway. Half of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have to post it. I will. Fully, fully finished. Okay. But this blanket, um, it's the red Christmas truck blanket. My kids 
fight over it. And it's not even completely finished because I haven't done the edging on it. Oh, but you don't need it. Because borders, you know, borders, man. It's too Once long, Once you man. finish the blanket, you're, <laughs> you're like, like I'm do done. I really want to do borders? <laughs> so theoretically, I have to put a border on it. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's a good. blanket. I love it. But my kids fight over it because my cat is obsessed with this oh, blanket. I love it. And oh. he gets on the blanket and he does his little kneading thing on the blanket. And then he sucks on the blanket. And he's like, this is my blanket. And his eyes get all glazed over. And then he just like curls up and cuddles. So whoever has the blanket on their lap, the cat will be on them. Adorable. And so my kids fight over it. It's the new favorite blanket. I and so we will that. post a picture of this because we did talk about it on the podcast. And it is finished. I finished a project. It's so cool. Yeah. Finishing blankets takes yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very, I'm very proud of you. I'm on round four of my mandala already. And that is yeah, looking good. It's so cool. I haven't showed photo. it to you lately. So I've got to pull it out and show you. Okay, good. But yeah, yeah I I'm, work on it every night. That's, you know, for my sister Becca. Speaking of Becca, hey. I already told her. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I thought that was a surprise. <laughs> it but. was going to be a surprise. But then I was like, um, so yeah, your blanket might be on our Instagram pages because I <laughs> may have talked about it on the, the podcast. So I yeah. love it. She knows. It's cool. Yeah. It's, it's looking good, Becca. Yeah, it's pretty. You're yeah. gonna like it. Ooh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a fly in here. It landed <laughs> on my head. It that was so funny. <laughs> Bugs, man. Oh man. Oh well, we have another exciting episode for you guys. We have part two of Haunted Castle. You guys know you can read titles. <laughs> you know what this is. I'm so excited. And Nicole though. has hidden her stitch from me, so I don't know what it is. She loves surprises. I, I love surprises. So I'm gonna surprise her. I love it. Yeah. So I'm ready to get stitching. Are you? Yes. Okay. Let's get stitching. Okay, ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Yes. Since Valentine's Day is around the corner. <gasps> I can't believe it's already February. I yes. need to figure out my Valentine's Day stuff. Yes. For, it's mostly the kids. I got into this trap of decorating for you Valentine's Day. Yeah. So you, I have you to get set it up. Ugh. I don't. <laughs> but it was, <laughs> see, I should have. Well, it was cute when the kids were little because, you know, they'd be like, oh, and it's just cute, you know, when your kids are little yes. and their faces you light up and you're like, yeah, you're so happy. cute. Yes. But now it's like, it's expected. And oh. I'm like, you guys are teenagers. I don't want to do You decorate the house. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's still fun. It's still fun. So I still decorate. You still. Okay. Well, maybe you, I'll give this to you. Oh, okay. What do we got? Okay. <gasps> oh, I've seen those all over the place and you made one. <laughs> I made one. Okay. So today's stitch is a, it's like a woven heart crochet. Yes. Heart. And I found it on YouTube. It's free. It's by Nastasia. Nastasia. I've done her a lot. Did I like you her. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was easy. I love yeah. it because she goes through a little quickly. So I have to kind of pause and go through it. But, mm -hmm. um, but she's very, she's very precise of everything and, and it was really helpful. And so, yeah, I created, it's really easy. This took me maybe like an hour. Yeah, that's like, so total. cute. Yeah. So it's a woven heart. So you just crochet like I she didn't say magic ring, but you could, I guess. And then you kind of do like a half circle for both sides. And then you do these lines of um, double crochets. Mm hmm. Super easy, like 17. And then you you do into the third. So you're doing 14 double crochets and you do like four lines. You skip a couple you skip a couple and then you weave it together and then you kind of have to clip it together to like when to you do doing, the border yes yeah there is a border the border simple it's just a single crochet 
with uh, a single stitch or a single crochet. Yeah. Yeah. All the way around. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Super easy. That's so cute. Yeah. So find her. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but yeah, just find her. It's super easy. I'm going to post a picture. It's super cute. You can hang it up. She told you at the end, you could do like 10 single crochets yeah, to make a chain. To make a chain to hang it. That's yeah. super cute. I have lots of places that I need to hang things. So yeah. Well, there you go. Oh, I love it. And you can make these in like an hour. Okay. And then I can make my own decorations you can make instead your of own. having to, to buy them all the time. And then throw them away. Yeah. Well, I know I have oh, a box. Storm. <laughs> I keep them in a box. And let me tell you, a lot of my decorations we've had for years oh, and good. they are just full of tape and full of repairs from me, like no. accidentally ripping them when I Aww. take them down. Look, you're so cute. But you know, everyone like knows that this, they look for them because they're like, oh, it's the fox thing. It's Aww, the whatever, you know, they cute. look for it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I decorated for, for Valentine's Day, maybe one year. And it was you take like a cardboard heart and then you just wrap string around it and it looks like this pretty like woven heart kind oh, of cute. but not like this but like simple yeah. and then you just hang it up that was all oh, i did i, love I think it. it was during covid <laughs> nice <laughs> nice when we were all home doing yeah. nothing anyway but yeah so there that's you go. really cute nastasia i'll link it when i put the the episode you'll see it on the show note links it's going to be on our website it's super easy let me know if you guys do it make your woven hearts today and yeah. give it to whoever owns your heart Aww. yay or Aww. your bestie How's it? So cute. I love it. Thank you, Nicole. You're welcome. Yay. Yeah. Valentine's Day. So are you ready for Haunted Castles? I am ready for Haunted Castles part two. She Again. Said, Angela warned me. She said these last ones, she did it in an order. Apparently these are like super I creepy, saved right? the, the best for last. I love it. So um, anyway, should we get to story time then? Yes. It's story time. Okay, guys, we are back with our world traveling pants on, tic tacking around the world. I love how you say tic tac. Tic tac. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, with Haunted Castles part duh. duh. <laughs> yeah, I had to break it up because, oh my gosh, you guys, you know, you just listened to that episode. It is it's forever long. long. I was amazed. And, you found so many. Oh, but there's so many. Yeah. You can talk for hours. Like, I know I said that last time too, but like literally I did talk for hours last time. I'm going to not talk for as many hours this time because there's <laughs> only three castles. But still. But a, still. A lot about them, right? There's so much history out there. So much energy stays in these castles. It's, it's and they're just super so cool. old. It's super old. So there's like some honorable mentions. Oh. I, I was on Reddit, Chillingham Castle. I, there were so many castles in. That sounds familiar. Because it's in England. Yeah. You may have gone to yeah. it. It's the most haunted castle. And I'm not covering it. But I did see a I picture. I they did like a haunted. I think they did some kind of, I'm sure, some like ghost hunters. Ghost hunters there. international. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They do that all the time at Chillingham. Yeah. Uh, that, that has been investigated so many times. So I didn't want to do that one because... Okay. It, you know, it gets so it much play has so much play. Yeah. Like I saw I was on when I was doing research, I was on Reddit and Oof. these people showed a picture that they got of this woman and I'll have to show it to you. Yes. This has nothing to do with haunted castles, but it was oh, in no. my brain. Well, I mean, it is a haunted castle, but it's not one of the ones <laughs> I'm talking about. But anyway, That's okay. these these guys were just, you know, 
like he was moving his camera down and you know how sometimes when you accidentally like take a picture when you're putting your camera away or something so he do that all the time yeah right (laughs) so he accidentally took a picture when he was putting his his phone like in his pocket or something Uh and it was uh, they were on this staircase and it was down this like hallway of the staircase and he got like into this room and he took a picture of um a hooded woman in white Ooh. and there was nobody there because they were the only ones in the castle and then like like he, he and his brother caught something out of the corner of their eye uh-huh. when he was putting his phone in his pocket and they looked and they looked in that room and nothing, nothing was in there even though they caught something out of the corner of their eye but then he caught it on his phone that's cool it was cool so Anyway, oh, you know, wow. and that's also on Reddit. So who knows if that's true, you know, true or not it's or whatever. So but it, it was it was a cool photo. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that is not where we are starting off, though. We're not starting off in England. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to share that crazy tangent. We are starting off in Cape Town, South Africa. Whoa. Yes. There's castles there. There is. Did not know that. The okay. Castle of Good Hope. Because, you know, it was Dutch. True. You know, and, and they have, you know. They like their castles. They do. Okay. So the Castle of Good Hope in Cape Town, South Africa. South Africa. Look how pretty that is. I know. I like so it, whatever pretty. the yellow thing is right there. I love it. Is that like a security guard thing? So yeah, this is this is basically the gate, and okay. then the castle is inside there. But I thought this was the prettiest picture of the it's castle. Beautiful. It's like a giraffe. <laughs> yeah, it it does, does look like a giraffe <laughs> because because the stone the yes. stonework it looks like you know the spots like on patchwork. the giraffe. Yeah, yeah I love that's it. funny. Okay, the castle of Good Hope is known locally as the castle. Its Dutch name is Castile de Good hope. Ooh, nice. <laughs> and is a bastion fort built in the 17th century in Dude, Cape Town, South Africa. 17th, 17th century. 17th century. That's the 1600s, y'all. Hey. Hey, cuz hashtag cuz <laughs> Okay. The castle was originally located on the coastline of Table Bay, but following reclamation, the fort is now located a short distance inland within the central business district. The castle was declared a historical monument, now a provincial heritage site, in 1936. Following restoration work in the 1980s, it is considered the best preserved example of a 17th century architectural structure in the entire world. Whoa. In the world. That's amazing. It's amazing. Okay, so here's a little bit more history. In 1652, the Dutch East India Company settled on the shores of Table Bay to establish a refreshment base for ships en route from Europe to East Asia and to maintain its monopoly over the spice trade. Built by the Dutch East India Company between 1666 and 1679, the Castle of Good Hope is the oldest existing colonial building in South Africa. It replaced an older fort called the Fort de Goede Hoop, which was constructed from clay and timber and built by Jan van Riebeck. Ooh, I like that. Yay. He did it. <laughs> the first commander of the Cape. During 1664, tensions between Britain and the Netherlands rose amid rumors of war. That same year, Commander Zacharias Vag- Wagner, <laughs> Wagner, successor to Jan van Riebeck, was instructed by Commissioner Isbrand Gosk. <laughs> you 
have a lot Ghost of Cave. names. Holy Ghost cow. Cave. Okay. To build a pentagonal fortress out of stone. The first stone was laid on the second of, on January 2nd, 1666. Work was interrupted frequently because the Dutch East India Company was reluctant to spend money on the project. I have a lot of words because, you know, Wikipedia. <laughs> they give you a oh, lot of words. Oh, dry history. <laughs> oh, man. On April 26, 1679, the five bastions were named after the main titles of William III of Orange Nassau, Leerdam to the west with Buren. Oh, goodness me. Oh, goodness. God bless my soul. Okay. <laughs> Katzenellenbogen. Ooh. Yes. I don't wow. know. Uh, we're going to go with that one. Nassau and Orange Orangie. Clockwise <laughs> from it. <laughs> A lot of, you know, Dutch names. <laughs> Let's go through them again because they're fun. Leerdam, Buren, Katzenellenbogen, Nassau, and Orange. They all sound like food dishes. I'm hungry. Those are the five bastions, y'all. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> We're done. The Castle of Good Hope. In 1662, the gated entry replaced the old entrance, which has faced the sea. A bell tower situated over the main entrance was built in 1684. The original bell, the oldest in South Africa, was cast in Amsterdam in 1697 and weighs just over 300 kilograms or 660 pounds. Yeah, wow. It was used to announce the time as well as warning citizens in case of danger since it could be heard 10 kilometers away. It was also rung to summon residents and soldiers when important announcements needed to be made. How do you know if it's an announcement and you need to go to the the bell <laughs> or if it's like run away run away that's funny <laughs> run away just, or it's one o'clock you know like, <laughs> how do you know i don't know you just guess oh my gosh oh take my a gosh. stab in the dark right <laughs> like oh it's one o'clock yeah, okay get out there's a fire what, what? no <laughs> go to town there's an announcement i don't know i'd be so confused I wonder if they're like trying to yell at the same time. <laughs> Maybe. So much confusion. The fortress housed a church, bakery, various workshops, living quarters, shops, and cells, among other facilities. The yellow paint on the walls was originally chosen because it lessened the effect of heat and the sun. Ah, very smart. Yeah. We are having our water tank worked on, and they told me to paint it white to, to reflect the, smart. the heat. Yeah. But it's not. My water tank yeah. is not painted no. at all. <laughs> it is rusty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A wall built to protect citizens in case of an attack divides the inner courtyard, which also houses the Ducat balcony, now with the kings of the castle statues in front of it. The original balcony was built in 1695, but rebuilt in its current form between 1786 and 1790. From the balcony, announcements were made to soldiers soldiers, slaves, and burghers, or town inhabitants of the Cape. During the Second Boer War, <laughs> that's fun to say, 
1902, part of the castle was used as a prison and the former cells remain to this day. The castle acted as local headquarters for the South African Army in the Western Cape and today houses the Castle Military Museum and ceremonial facilities for the traditional Cape regiments. The castle is also the home of the Cape Town Highlanders Regiment, a mechanized infantry unit. Cool. Ghosts of the castle. Ooh. Ready? Yes. This is from the Little House of Horrors website <gasps> because we love the Little House of Horrors website. Sweet, so sweet. these are the ghosts of the castle of Good Hope. Oh, yes, it is haunted. Workers and visitors report hearing voices and footsteps in the windowless dungeon Ooh. and in the building's narrow corridors. The bell in the bell tower sometimes rings on its own accord. See, even more confusion. Dang, man. <laughs> it's just ringing just for no mean. reason. That should be impossible for it was bricked up centuries ago. Ooh, Dude, it's what? bricked up and it still rings. Do how? not ask for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> but how? I, it, it's a ghost. <laughs> Lenten says a soldier once hung himself by the bell rope. Oh, no. Perhaps it's his ghost that rings the bell. That's spooky. That's spooky. No. Little house does of horrors. Does it say it happens like throughout the day or is it just like a, a, it a nighttime just, maybe? Who knows? Oh, I don't spooky. know. It just happens. Okay. But that's not all. A vicious black dog is also said to haunt the <gasps> castle grounds. Ooh, that dog. It's, what is it called? A hellhound. Hellhound, yeah, right? Yeah. It lunges at people before suddenly disappearing. No. <laughs> so scary. No, please don't do that. No. I feel like puppy. Right? Yeah. You want some food? Come here, puppy. <laughs> People also claim to have seen a tall, luminous man leaping off the castle walls. He disappears right before he hits the ground. Aww. A man and a woman are frequently heard arguing near the guards' room. <laughs> Is that residual? I love that. I love that. I'd be sitting there like, what are they saying? <laughs> Drama. Yeah. If people check it out, only a shapeless figure is seen. Here, an electrical bell is also heard while nobody is around to ring it. Even today, soldiers who guard the castle at night rather avoid passing through the castle's archways. They say they fear the restless souls that roam these. Oh, that's spooky. Right? Lady Anne Bernard also haunts the castle up until this day. She lived here in the late 18th century, so the 1700s. As the first lady, she was responsible to entertain important guests that visited the castle. She seems to keep on doing this, even though she passed away over two centuries ago. She appears when the castle is visited by important people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'd feel so slighted. Like, I'm not important enough for Lady Anne to come out and say hello. (laughs) Hello, how do you do? Another ghost that keeps popping up is that of Governor Peter Gisbert von Nod. I don't know. I'm trying to say it right. I'm so sorry. Spell it out. G-I-J-S-B-E-R-T. Oh, I don't know. He was a strict and militant man. Von Nod sentenced seven men to death on April 23rd, 1729. Dang. Dude. He refused to grant a prisoner's last wish right before his singing. Well, that's not nice. Unless it was like, let me go. (laughs) Like, no. Nope. The prisoner then cursed Van Noot. 
Later that same day, Van Noot was found dead in his <gasps> office. Dang, oh, man. Oh, you should have let him have his last. That I'm acted pretty quick. Definitely yeah. hitting Nicole on that one. <laughs> How? He, he died of a heart attack, oh. even though he was completely fine in the morning. Well, I mean. Dang, man. Yeah. Today, workers and visitors experience his bitter presence as they hear him cursing and swearing inside the castle walls. Oh, that's not cool. <laughs> It was like earmuffs, kids. Like <laughs> you can't really tell the ghost not to curse. <laughs> like, how do you talk to them? Please, sir. Yeah, please, sir. Stop. I've got children. I've got children. <laughs> uh, so that is the Castle of Good Hope That's in so South cool. Africa. I love it. We got cursing ghosts. <laughs> a lady that will only deign to show herself if you're important cool. enough. Thanks, man. Arguing couple. <laughs> Arguing couple. And then, you know, ghosts that just jump out of nowhere. And a dog that attacks you. A dog you. that attacks you and bells that ring for no reason. Yeah. This is an annoying haunted yeah. castle. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go that here. Fun. <laughs> no, man. Okay. Sorry. It's pretty, but no. Yeah. Thank no, thank you. We are tic-tacking somewhere even closer to us. Ooh. We are going to New York City. No, not New York City, but New York. <laughs> New York City. New York. Get a rope. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't get a rope. That was the last castle. Okay. We are going to Bellhurst Castle in New I've York. Bellhurst Castle. Okay. Yes, it is used a lot. Look how pretty. It's so oh, it's pretty. Gorgeous. It's, it's used a lot for all kinds of it's entertainment venue and you know, you can rent it out and do all kinds of I'm things. I'm sure, but but it's expensive though. Yeah, right? I'm sure. The property that surrounds Bellhurst Castle was originally the site of a Seneca Indian village. Ooh. So we got some Native American homes okay. here. Wait, but... Wait, oh, yes. You'll, never mind. Keep going. <laughs> I'll get there. Okay, okay. And home to the Council of the Six Nations of Iroquois. Wow. Right? Yep. Very important spot. Okay. In the early 18th century, the land became part of the state of Massachusetts and was purchased by two 18th century land developers in the spring of 1738. The land was again sold to a group of mis- businessmen in 18... 18- in 1810, and these men built and operated Ontario Glass Manufacturing Company, the first glass company west of Albany. Okay. In May of 1824, the land was divided among the stockholders of the Ontario Glass Manufacturing Company, and William DeLong received the largest and most desirable portion of land, which is the area that is now home to Bellhurst Castle. Cool. Mr. DeLong quickly sold the parcel of land to Joseph Fellows, a lawyer who was a native of Warwickshire, England. Warwickshire. Warwickshire. I love it. Mr. Fellows came to Geneva in 1820 as a sub-agent in the area. Ten years after his acquisition of the property, Mr. Fellows built the first modern residence on the land called the Hermitage, but never resided in the home. Instead, William Henry Buck lived there under a deed of trust. Mr. Buck used the alias Henry Hall, but most people in the area knew him as Buck knew him as Buck Hall. Because of his desire for seclusion, he lived in the hermitage alone, except for one servant. In the spring of 1836, Hall fell over an obstruction and broke his leg. Hall did not seek medical treatment and died of a blood and died of blood poisoning a short time later. Oh, gosh. oh my gosh, he was not much of a hermit. That wouldn't have feel good though, man. No, you're dying of like you, no. <laughs> It's not good. <laughs> no. No. Go get medical treatment. Seriously. You can't be that much of a recluse. Nope, I mean, like, obviously he was. But upon his death, it was learned that William Henry Buck had been treasurer of the famed Covenant, Covent Garden Theater in London. Mm. Oh, wow. 
He had embezzled theater funds. No wonder why he didn't want to be found. <laughs> married his stepmother. Fled to the United States. Married his stepmom? He married his stepmom. Gross, right? Ew. Fled to the United States and assumed the name Henry Hall in an effort to avoid capture. That's oh. why he didn't do anything. He stayed in the now hermitage. Now we know why he's a recluse. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, Hall, man. From the time of Hall's death in 1852, the property changed hands twice and was then purchased by Harrison G. Otis on November 10th, 1852. It was Otis that named the property Bellhurst, meaning beautiful forest. Oh, over in what the- language? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> things I ponder means. about. I don't know. Don't ask me questions. <laughs> Okay, ma'am. I don't know. Okay. Over the years, the property changed hands within the Otis family. And on February 28, 1877, Mary Otis sold a strip of land along the lake to Syracuse, Geneva, and Corning Railroad Company. Mrs. Otis made the railroad company agree to maintain and preserve a right of way across the tracks so that she could have access to the lake. The railroad company is still obligated to comply with the agreement made with Mary Otis more than 130 years later. Dang. That's That's nice. I'm glad that they were like, okay, and they honored it. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's nice. In 1878, the property, along with the land that is now Glenwood Cemetery, was taken over by the United States Trust Company, and the Otis family relocated to Virginia. The property remained vacant for seven years. During this time, it was known as Otis Grove, a popular picnic area for the residents of Geneva. The hermitage was still located on the property, and it was rumored that the house was haunted. Many believed there was an escape tunnel built by Buck Hall as a means of escape if the authorities found him. (laughs) That's awesome. Escape tunnel! Makes sense. On May 13, 1885, Mrs. Carrie M. Young Heron, wife of Samuel V. Heron of New York City, came to Geneva, inspected Otis Grove, asked the price, and purchased the property that very day. Sweet. Dude, can you imagine? Having that much money? How much is this place? I will take it. Take it. Right? I would be like throwing money in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Take it. I'll take it. After purchasing Bellhurst, Mrs. Heron moved to Geneva, accompanied by her manager, Captain Louis Dell Collins, a native of Rose, New York, while her husband remained in New York City. Well, that's an interesting uh, turn of events. She She's like, I'm going to move here with my manager, Captain Lewis, and uh, husband, you stay in New York City. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, you know, just relaying info. <laughs> I, I would not do that. Okay. Shortly after arriving in Geneva, Mrs. Heron divorced her husband. See? Okay. And on June uh, 6, yep. 1888, married Captain Collins. See, I was on the right track. Dang. My little nose was sniffing this out. Okay. In the spring of 1888, Mrs. Collins had the dilapidated house that the Otis family lived in torn down in preparation for the four-story mansion she was building. 50 men worked for four years on the construction of Bellhurst Castle. During this time, one man was killed when he fell from the tower and another went insane while putting on the roof. All of the materials used to build and furnish the castle were imported to Geneva. Many items came from Europe. 
During the time of construction, 1885 to 1889, there was a lot of talk among the locals about what Mrs. Collins was building on the property. Hmm. A woman of her means made quite an impression on the people of Geneva. The townsfolk were all aflutter about the hmm. poultry house that was built. <laughs> poultry house? Poultry house. This is a chicken house. Yeah. It was brick on the outside and plaster on the inside, heated by a Furman steam boiler and had wire partitions to separate the many breeds of fowl. Mrs. Collins's prized possession was a pair of Japanese golden pheasants, birds that can be seen depicted on the China and Edgar's restaurant today. Mm. Oh, they're so pretty. I love pheasants. Oh, oh, the actual bird. I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> the birds. <laughs> they're so pretty. Uh, I haven't seen one in real life, but yes, pictures of them. Oh, they're so pretty. They're like kind of like the, the watered down peacock. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're like much smaller. Yeah. And, yeah. But they're so pretty. They are. Okay. Genevans were also impressed by the elegant boathouse built to hold a 20 passenger gasoline propelled steam yacht. That is big. Yuck. Unfortunately, the boathouse was consumed by fire several years later. Uh oh. The fire took four days to burn completely. Oh, dude. Upon Mrs. Con. <laughs> I'm, making- I'm like commenting on, on your my own notes. <laughs> Because I wrote this like, okay, let me give you guys a little bit of a thing. I wrote this all in one sitting. And so it's been a while since I've gone back and read these notes. And so now I'm surprised by them myself. You're adorable. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Okay. So it's like I'm reading them for the first time too, even though I'm not. It's just, it's whatever. Okay. Moving right along. We're nearly birds of a feather. We're in this together. Okay. Upon Mrs. Collins' death in Savannah, Georgia, on April 5th, 1926, Bellhurst Castle passed to her grandson, Hall Heron Jr. He lived in the house for a short time, but later leased and sold it to Cornelius J. Dwyer, a colorful and engaging man with a wide circle of friends throughout the country. Dwyer, known as Red, purchased Bellhurst in 1932 and on April 18th, 1933, opened it as a speakeasy and gambling casino. Nice. Nice, Dwyer. I want to be friends with Red. (laughs) Bellhurst became an outstanding showcase restaurant and casino under Red's direction. Gambling was conducted upstairs and liquor was run down from Canada during Prohibition using the canal system. Oh, what's up, Canada? Can- what's up, Canada? Canada. 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 <laughs> Canada. <laughs> Oh, man. In 1952, the Kefauver Commission succeeded in convincing Red to stop or be stopped. Uh-oh. And the gambling days at Bellhurst Castle were over. Dang. Party poopers. Don't rain on my parade. down. Red continued to operate Bellhurst as a restaurant until 1975 when the property was purchased by Robert and Nancy Golden. The Goldens continued to run Bellhurst as a restaurant while residing upstairs. Eventually, they converted the second and third floors and one out building into 12 guest rooms and opened the premises as a hotel. Fun! On November 2nd, 1992, Mr. and Mrs. Duane and Deb Reeder became the 
present proprietors of Bellhurst Castle. A second outbuilding and the ranch house built in the 1950s by Red Dwyer were converted to guest rooms. Under the direction of the readers, Bellhurst became a highly acclaimed restaurant and hotel with the gorgeous castle ballroom as a popular venue for weddings and special events. In the fall of 2003, the readers began an expansion on the Bellhurst property. Construction they had space for all this? Oh my god! Yeah, it's huge, man. Yeah. Construction of the thirty thousand square foot facility Dang. adjoining the eighteen eighties Bellhurst Castle was completed, and has helped Bellhurst become a premier attraction in the Finger Lakes. So, just a theory, real yes. Quick before we do get into the haunts, I'm sure. Uh, uh, when you add on to something really old or start doing construction on stuff, it stirs it's going stuff to up. Kick it up. It's going to kick yeah. it up. So what we know so far, this was built on Native, Native American, American land. land. So mm -hmm. it was built on uh, the Seneca, mm -hmm. and it was where the Six Nations of Iroquois um, also, you know, had their meeting spot. Right? Yeah, they convened there. So yeah. there's a lot of native american history there right this has changed a lot of hands there right. were somebody went crazy somebody fell off the roof mm -hmm. there were there was a death in the house with um mr hall, hall. Yep. yeah okay so i mean there's a lot of stuff going on so let's see who haunts Woo! okay this is from the haunted history trail of new york these are the hauntings of bellhurst the Bellhurst has a colorful past of love affairs, embezzling funds, even death. Locals have called the three buildings on the property the haunted houses. Throughout history, the buildings changed hands many times, some turning old and dilapidated with their broken windows and strange towers, sparking stories of underground passages and hidden treasures. But are they truly haunted? Bellhurst's most well-known ghost is Isabella whom Bellhurst Spa and Salon is named after. Ooh. The beautiful opera singer, hey! often seen dressed in white. Ooh. According to local stories, Isabella fled with her forbidden lover, Spanish Don, <laughs> to America, where they built a house with a secret tunnel. When the authorities came looking for them, they tried to escape through the underground passage to their awaiting boat, only for the tunnel to collapse on Isabella. Oh, oh no. To this day, the white lady is said to walk the shores of Seneca Lake, grieving her lost lover. She has been seen standing at night in the middle of the front lawn or as an apparition flying in through the windows. Spooky. Staff have witnessed many haunted activities, from showers turning on and off in guest rooms to bottles and glasses flying around the bar. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Even coming in to see tablecloths tied to the chandeliers. What? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. How do you do that? I don't That's know. It's crazy. It's just funny. Guests report hearing the sound of a soft lullaby being sung in the middle of the night or the sound of children playing and screaming. Oh, gosh. In the room next to them, most commonly reported by pregnant women. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, they're so sensitive. should go there when you're pregnant. No. I, yeah. It's, pregnancy's not happening for me anytime. But, no, no, not me yeah. either. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Nicole? No, no. Okay. <laughs> Others hear the sound of furniture being moved above them coming from the room that once housed the roulette wheel and gambling tables when Bellhurst was a speakeasy and gambling yeah. casino. 
This is this is from Haunted Rooms, New York. Although we know there were a couple of tragic deaths that occurred during the construction of the hotel, there is one female ghost who is the most predominant on the grounds, as well as a caretaker who never left the hotel. So they they talk about Isabella and then they talk about this other ghost. Another ghost said to be haunting the grounds is Dick O'Brien. What's up? Sorry. What's up, Dick? <laughs> the uh, the caretaker of the hotel until his death in 1972. O'Brien was said to be a prankster. Mm-mm. So there have been many accounts of disembodied laughter and harmless, inexplainable pranks played throughout the hotel. So I'm Aww. guessing they're blaming Dick for tying the, yeah, the tablecloths to the chandelier He's just and stuff. Some fun. That's cute. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. Dick O'Brien is not shy about making his presence known in the hotel as guests have seen him walking up the stairs or sitting in his favorite chair along with the pranks he pulls on the staff and guests. (laughs) (laughs) As for Isabella, she's been known to stand staring at the hotel from the front lawn and she's been seen as an apparition flying through the windows. Um, as we've already mentioned, many guests have seen the late opera singer roaming the grounds in a white dress in search of her lost lover. So that is uh, Bellhurst Castle in New York. That's fun. Yeah. So we have Isabella. Yes. Who um, I'm wondering if she's singing the lullabies. That could be. She's an opera singer. She's an opera singer. So, so maybe, maybe. Or, you know, if it's children, I'm thinking it could be like a nanny that is trying to get the kids to go to sleep or something. Spooky. Because um, you hear the children laughing and screaming. I don't want to hear screaming kids. Yeah. <laughs> I can get that I can, I can see that like if a hotel guest is like trying to sleep yeah. and they're like complaining about oh, the kids. And all the furniture is moving in the speakeasy upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of fun. But Dick O'Brien, man, he sounds like a kick in the pants. Yeah. He sounds really fun. He's like, I'm having fun here. Yeah. I'm going to tie like, stuff to the chandelier. I'm a ghosty. <laughs> he's like living in that and he's having fun. He reminds like, me of like a haunted mansion ghost. Right? Yeah. He's having, <laughs> having fun. Time. He's having a good time. I love it. All right. We are moving on to our last castle. And oh. like I said, I saved the best for last. Ooh, this okay. has so much stuff on it. I don't know. You know, it's I funny. could have done one complete episode on, on this his? castle. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. You keep saying that like, you went in a, in a like a order. But mm-hmm. your first castle was at Romania. Yeah. Yeah. I was like the, the hellhole. Like, how do you how do you top that? Like, how do you top a, a castle that was built like to fortify the hellhole. Yes. Yeah, because it was built to keep everything in there like, and not let anything that's out. That's the most insane to me, by the way. It is? Yes. Yeah. So, but I'm sure this is this will be great. Okay. okay. Well, we're going to Ireland. Ooh, I want to go to Ireland. I do too. Okay, let's go. Becca, take us with you. Yeah. We're going to Leap Castle in Ireland. All right. I looked this up on a map because, as, as I mentioned, my sister is probably in Ireland right now by the ooh, time ooh. this releases. And um, we, I was telling her about this castle and I was like, see if you can go here. It's kind of in the middle of Ireland. Okay. It's like right in the middle. Um, I, yeah. So, so I've never been and I don't know where all the tourist spots are. I didn't even know where Dublin is on the map. So I'm terrible. it's between Dublin and Galway. Okay. So Galway is on uh, the western side of Ireland and Dublin is on the eastern side of Ireland. Okay. And so they're both on the coasts. Got and so it. it's like halfway between those. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's closer to Galway than it is Dublin, but it's, yeah. Fun. Yeah, I wish I would like have the gone middle. there while I was there, but you know, in England. Yeah. But, I, yeah. you know, a lot of my people are from Ireland, so it'd be Yay. nice to go someday and see how pretty and green everything is. Seriously. Okay. So we're going to Leap Castle in Ireland. One of the longest continually inhabited castles in Ireland, Leap Castle, has a rich and fascinating history. Leap Castle 
is thought to have been built in the early 1500s by the O'Bannon clan. Mm. The O'Bannon clan were the secondary chieftains under the ruling of the O'Carroll clan. The current building is thought to have been built over an earlier castle. Before that site was used by Druids for initiation ceremonies, the castle has been home to much bloodshed and violence over the centuries. I'm sure. Here we go with mispronouncing names. Ready? Originally named Liam Ui Banain, meaning Leap of the O'Bannons. Yes. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Legend has it that two O'Bannon brothers were contesting the chieftainship of their clan. The only way to settle this argument was a display of strength and bravery. Fun. They were to both jump off the rocky outcrop oh. where the castle was to be built. What? The survivor won the what? honor and right to be chieftain. This is stupid. <laughs> so jump to your death. I'm sorry. And you can be chieftain. No, Yay. I don't like that. <laughs> Thus, the castle was built, fueled by blood and death. Yeah, that cool. Leap Castle. See, leap. leap. They had to leap to... Yep. to I get yeah, it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Leap Castle was used as a principal stronghold of the O'Carroll clan. It was used to guard the pass through... Uh-huh, here we go. Slave Bloom Mountains and has been said that no castle was more well fortified than Leap. The O'Carrolls were a fierce and brutal people bent on domination. They were known for their ruthless tactics, often killing others and each other on the path to supremacy. The O'Carrolls called Leap Castle their home until it was wrenched from their hands in 1642 by an English soldier of the Cromwellian forces named John Darby. Mm. The castle has been subject to much remodeling and restoration over the years. Most of the remodeling have been having been done by the Darbys. The Darbys inhabited Leap Castle from 1642 until its burning in 1922. Oh, it burned down? Unfortunately, oh, no, it, just burned. it just burned. Unfortunately, okay. it just burned. No, just it. Uh, there's, you know, it's there's still castle there unfortunately leap castle was the target for an uprising and was looted and burned to an empty shell in 1922 here it lay dormant until it was purchased in 1974 by an australian 50 years yeah okay peter bartlett this saw the awakening of the ancient building the work is now being continued by current owners the ryans so they're rebuilding good they're trying to get it back Never has there been a building so talked about as Leap Castle. It is well known for its reputation of being the world's most haunted location. The castle is said to have been built on a Druidic initiation site. So a little bit more on that. The Druids knew the area was dense in spiritual energy. Leap Castle is situated over the crossing of two ley lines. Ley lines. Yay. Ghostbusters. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. Did you ever watch the, the, it's the girl version? They talk about ley lines. Yes, they do. Okay. They do. Okay. Anyway. In these areas, the veneer between the physical and spiritual realms is thinner and much more permeable. This permeability and natural energy allows entities to manifest much more readily than in normal location. Any thought or action in these areas, whether positive or negative, has a much stronger and more focused energy. In the case of Leap Castle, decades of compounded suffering, negativity, and strong emotional experiences left a mark, have left a marked effect on the atmosphere 
in and around the castle. The O'Carrolls were an extremely vicious and hostile clan. Their lust for power consumed them, happily killing anyone who stood in their way, Dude. including their own family. Oh, that's not cool. Many of the unfortunate victims in the O'Carrolls still roam the halls and corridors of Leap. Mildred Darby tells of noises like furniture being moved were frequently heard at night, <laughs> and strangers staying with us have often asked why the servants turned out the rooms underneath them at such an unusual hour. The front doorbell sometimes rang, and I have gone down but found no one. So the O'Carrolls are like moving furniture, yep. They're moving like, things I don't around, like it. Uh, ringing looks... doorbells, yep. <laughs> like get out my castle. Right? <laughs> Sean Ryan has heard chanting coming from Ooh. outside the castle. <laughs> that oh, is I so like scary, that. and has heard his name being called. No, no, I don't like that. Oh, that's Nary Cat. Yeah. Nary Cat. <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit, guys. <laughs> Peter Gerard owned the castle for a few years before Peter Bartlett. His mother had been a friend of Cecily O'Carroll Darby and had been invited to spend a night in the castle for a dance. She didn't sleep well and continually felt that some th someone or something was hovering over the end of her bed. Nope. nope. Don't like it. We don't like don't the Don't like time. it. Nope. Leave me alone. Yep. I'm trying to sleep. Leave me alone. Another thing about the O'Carrolls, and I don't know if I'm going to mention this later, but I might mention it later. Okay. <laughs> so it might come back. Okay. I don't know. The O'Carrolls had a trap door built. Ooh. So if somebody came into their castle <laughs> and they didn't like them, like, they would whoosh. pull the trap door and the, the, the person would fall to their death because underneath was just spikes coming up from That's the ground. brutal. So they would just puncture their, their, and they would just bleed to death on the spikes. It's like it's like Monty Burns almost. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, no spikes. yeah, no That's spikes creepy. from Monty Burns. Yeah, so that was something that I read about Leap Castle, and I might mention it again. We'll see. <laughs> I'll mention things many times. <laughs> okay, trouble during the restorations. Both Sean Ryan and the previous owner before him, Peter Bartlett, have experienced bizarre poltergeist activity Ooh. during the restoration efforts. Peter Bartlett was not specific, but mentions to a friend the incredible amount of poltergeist activity that occurred during his time spent undergoing the restorations. Sean Ryan has spoken about his tools getting moved to the far corners of the room uh. when his back was turned. A carpenter employed by Sean left suddenly and didn't come back, never giving a reason to his departure. Sean's restoration effort was suddenly stopped when the ladder he was working from was pushed away from no! the wall, forcing him to jump several stories, fracturing his knee. Jeez. They were making him become the new chieftain. Oh. Right? Do you think? <laughs> no, because he had, would have had to go jump somewhere else, not from a ladder. That's insane, though. Yeah, he fractured his oh, knee. Oh, that's so scary. Upon resuming work, another accident resulted in a broken ankle. Yeah, they don't want them to touch the castle anymore, guys. That's a sign. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this thing called the elemental, and I have a picture Ooh, of it. Sounds like a elemental. What is it? Uh, a movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> where's, where's the elemental? Okay, this is the elemental. Oh, gosh. Right? It's like skull. a skull, right? So we're going to talk about the elemental. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, and it, what is that? Yeah. And this is this is from the website for Leap Castle. All of this is on the Leap Castle website. And I'm just like, what? That's insane. Okay. The elemental is one of the most interesting spirits that reside at Leap Castle. 
It is an entity that is shrouded in mystery and intrigue. The first encounter, origin, and exact nature of the elemental are unknown, but there are many theories that have circulated over the years. As mentioned, the time of its appearance is not certain, but there have been vague mentions of troublesome of a troublesome spirit at Leap Castle since very early times. One early belief is that the elemental was put there by druids long before the castle was built to protect the sacred site used for initiations and druidic magic. Another theory is that the elemental was placed there by an invading force to burn the castle from the inside. The person responsible is thought to be Gerald Fitzgerald, Earl of Kildar. (laughs) Kildare? What a name. Gerald Fitzgerald. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) He was a renowned magic practitioner and had attempted to take over the castle on several occasions. What? Local myths say the elemental is the spirit of an ancient O'Carroll who died in the castle from leprosy. Oh, gosh. This is said to be the reasoning for the decomposing facial features and appalling stench that accompanies the presence of the spirit. Mildred Darby was said to have dabbled in the occult. Her activities focused on seances and automatic writing. Some think that it was her dabbling that either awoke or summoned the elemental. It was around this time that the horrific discovery in the oubliette, which were three cartloads of bones, approximately 150 bodies. What the heck, man? Right? The huge release of emotional energy linked to the spirits in the oubliette upon their discovery may have been enough to wake up the dormant spirit. Yeah, finding 150 bodies just like that were just discarded in the oubliette, which in French means to forget. Oh. So forget about these 150 bodies. Like they're forgotten. Who? Who were they? They found them. They are forgotten. They are not supposed to be remembered. Right? That's creepy. Okay. It was shortly after this that Mildred Darby would have her terrifying encounter with the elemental. Whatever this entity is, it only seems to make its presence known when people begin to provoke it. The current owners, the Ryans, have lived at Leap since 1991 and have never felt its sinister presence. Mildred Darby was unknowingly provoking the elemental by her occult dabbling. Other individuals on the brunt of the elemental's fury have also been looking for it and have attempted to study the entity. Dang, this is insane. Right? I'm telling you, this is a crazy one. There are few personal accounts of an encounter with the elemental, so an accurate description is quite hard to formulate. It may even appear different depending on how gifted an individual is at seeing spirits. The best description we have are those given by Mildred Darby and an associate staying at Leap. This is their description as written in the Occult Review article. Kilman Castle, the house of horror. Suddenly, two hands were laid on my shoulders. I turned round sharply and saw, as clearly as I see you now, a gray thing standing a couple of feet from me, with its bent arms raised as if it were cursing me. I cannot describe in words how utterly awful the thing was, its very undefinableness rendering the horrible shadow more gruesome. Human in shape, a little shorter than I am, I could just make out the shape of a big black holes like great eyes and sharp features, but the whole figurehead, face, 
hands, and all was gray, unclean, bluish gray, something of the color and appearance of common cotton wool, but oh, so sinister, repulsive, and devilish. My friends who are clever about occult things say it is what they call an elemental. The thing was about the size of a sheep, thin, gaunt, and shadowy in parts. Its face was human, or to be more accurate, inhuman in its vileness, with large holes of blackness for eyes, loose slobbery lips, and a thick saliva-dripping jaw, sloping back suddenly into its neck. Nose, it had none. Only, <laughs> no nose. <laughs> <laughs> no nose. No nose. Who needs a nose? No nose. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Only spreading cancerous cavities, the whole face being a uniform tint of gray. This, too, was the color of the dark, coarse hair covering its head, neck, and body. Gross. Its forearms were thickly coated with the same hair. So were its paws, large, heck? loose, and hand-shaped, and it sat on its hind legs. One hand or paw was raised, and a claw-like finger was extended ready to scratch the paint. Its lustreless eyes, which seemed half decomposed and looked incredibly foul, stared into mine, and the horrible smell which had before offended my nostrils only a hundred times intensified, right, came up to my face, filling me with a deadly nausea. I noticed the lower half of the creature was indefinite and seemed semi-transparent at least. I could see the framework of the door that led into the gallery through its body. Crazy, right? So gross. The thing that I like, the thing that I find comforting about this is that it's small. (laughs) 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 Like if it was like eight feet tall i would be terrified but It'll the fact scary. that it's like a small creepy thing that just it's like makes a golem it's like golem <laughs> yeah what the heck uh, the elemental man the elemental has the potential to cause great harm to anyone receiving the brunt of an attack one belief is that the elemental has the ability to alter the atmospheric pressure generally lowering it the polarity of the atmospheric icons fluctuates and triggers a condition known as serotonin hyperfunction syndrome. This can cause symptoms such as heart palpitations, nausea, vomiting, sweating chills, tremor, dizziness, and fatigue. It has also been seen that skin and hair will have an electrical charge. This theory has been generated over the last 10 years and it is interesting to note similarities between these symptoms to those described by Mildred Darby in the early 1900s. I felt every hair on my head separate and move from my flesh all over my body and scalp crept and even hair on my head stood straight on end. The absolute weakness that came over me, the seeming sensation, the seeming cessation of the pulse of life, the grip in heart and brain, the deadly numbness which rendered me incapable of thought, word or action when I first saw that awful beast. Ah. That's the elemental. That's the scariest thing at Leap Castle. Dude. <laughs> or is it? Uh-oh. We have other ghosties. Are we ready? Yikes, okay. Yes. The governess and the old man. The governess or nanny is more frequently seen in the main hall and often seen with two girls, Emily and Charlotte. It appears that visitors at Leap seem to have more interaction than the current owners. Guests have reported being touched or having someone brush past them. A friend of Sean Ryan was having lunch at Leap Castle one day and both him and another female guest sitting near the fire saw a proud lady in Victorian attire diagonally across the main hall. 
After discussing what they both saw, the previously skeptical neighbor has charged has changed his thoughts. An old man has also been seen numerous times sitting peacefully by the fire in the main hall. I like that one. Yeah, just like an old man hey, sitting that's there. That's cool. You can chill. So Mildred Darby has also seen these guys. So Yikes. bear with me as her, you know speak is a little bit tough for me <laughs> her language okay there's a little old man with a green cutaway coat knee breeches and bright shoe buckles holding a leathern bag in his hand sometimes seen with a little old woman with skinny hands long black mitts old-fashioned dress and big head dress both are sometimes seen with an old man dressed like a priest with an intensely cunning face the green old man tries to stop people from what I don't know. Dude. Just to, just to chat. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, hey, come over here. Let's yeah. have a conversation. So she mentioned a priest. Uh -huh. So let's talk about the priest's house. Okay. Since the burning of Leap Castle in 1922, the priest's house is still an empty shell. So most of the accounts relate to the times of the Darby's. At present, shadowy forms are most seen wandering through the empty building. The Ryans and guests have also heard chanting that is coming from this area. Often when commented on, it suddenly ceases. Mm. Mildred Darby describes the following apparitions. There is something heavy that lies on people's beds no. uh, and snores. No. And they feel the weight of a great body pressing against them in a Ooh. room in the priest's house. Ooh, don't no. sleep in the priest's house. No, 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 no. A burly man in rough clothes like mm. a peasant. Has, he always pushes a heavy barrel up the back stairs of the wing near the servants' bedrooms, and when just at the top, the barrel rolls down and all disappears. A monk with a tons, tonsure mm. and cowl walks in at one window and out another <laughs> in the priest's house. That poor guy is like hell. He's like yeah, pushing, pushing the, the barrel. barrel up and then it falls and then that's Doing it. That He's always pushing up the barrel. That poor guy. That poor guy. This one's fun. The murder hole room. What? The murder hole. Remember how I mentioned the Carol's had a murder, murder hole? This is this might be okay, it. Okay, okay. Also referenced as the muckle hole room, various experiences have been reported in the time of the Darby's residency. Unfortunately, it is not known where this room was located. The two possibilities of the room's location are either the north or south wings, blue and red rooms, respectively. One argument for the south wing is that the south side of the tower, the original entrance, features a big word that we don't know what it is, <laughs> macacolation. I'm going to look it up. That is still visible today. A medieval fort, in medieval fort an opening between the supporting core bells, I don't even know what that is, or projecting of a projecting parapet of the vault of a gate through which stones or burning objects could be dropped on attackers. So it's a big hole where a you big just hole. drop stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big hole where you drop stuff. Yeah. Look, we're learning. <laughs> okay. So big hole where we drop stuff and it's still visible today. Theoretically, a murder hole in no. the traditional sense may have been situated in this area of the castle guarding the main entrance. Fun. Alternatively, the murder hole room may have been situated on the northern or blue wing. Looking at the layout of the northern rooms are under the oubliette. oubliette. Remember the oubliette, oubliette located on the next floor up. Yep. The oubliette could have quite easily been referred to as a murder hole. Murder hole. This also ties into the spirit of the murdered O'Carroll priest and the account below. Mildred Darby retells her experience in the murder hole room in her article, Kilman Castle, The House of Horror. I put my hand out of bed, snapping my fingers to call her Nell, a terrier. 
My hand was suddenly in the grasp of another hand, a soft, cool hand, at a temperature perceptibly below my own flesh. To say I was astonished would but mildly convey my feelings. After a few seconds of steady pressure, to the other hand let go, and almost simultaneously I heard a heavy sliding fall, like the collapse of a large body at the foot of a bed. Then, in the absolute stillness of the room, there sounded a deep human groan and some half-articulated words, or to be accurate, prayers. People have complained before. In fact, we don't generally put anyone mm. there now. The room is called the muckle or murder hole room. And the story goes that the stain on the floor is the blood of a man stabbed there by his brother. Two mm. O'Carrolls quarreled over the ownership of the castle which we know. The room had been disused for 50 years or more when we did it up. The stain has been planed off the board several times, but it always comes again, creeps up Ooh. from below in a few hours. That's spooky. Oh no. More evidence of this location is the reference from the Kilman Castle article. After spending a night in the murder hole room, Kenneth asks to be in a room facing west as he as his present quarters face east. This now narrows the location down to the four rooms in the eastern side of the Gothic wings, most likely those closest to the tower. Ooh. So they're still trying to figure out who that is. Yeah. So do you remember earlier I mentioned two girls, Emily and Charlotte, mm -hmm. and they're often seen with the nanny? Mm -hmm. Okay. Or the governess? Yeah. Here's Emily and Charlotte. Two young girls have also been seen at Leap Castle, Emily and Charlotte. Emily is thought to be aged around 11 or 12 and Aww. Charlotte around 6 or 7. Aww. They are mainly seen playing in the main hall and running up the stairwell. They are believed to have lived in the castle during the 1600s and are thought to be the last of the O'Carrolls or the first of the Darbys. Hmm. Emily died after falling from the castle's southern southeast battlements. Oh. oh, Emily, no. People outside the castle have reported seeing a girl falling off no. the castle roof and disappearing before hitting the ground. The sound of a child's screams suddenly cutting out has been heard numerous times by the Ryans. Yikes. Aww. Charlotte has been seen with a deformed right leg that is almost totally turned backwards oh, and drags backwards behind her running after the older girl. Yikes. Oh, man. Our good friend Mildred Darby is back. Mm -hmm. She has also seen a young girl at Leap Castle and her encounter is as follows. Another night I was sleeping with my little girl. I awoke and saw a girl with long fair hair standing at the fireplace, one hand at her side, the other on the chimney piece. Thinking at first it was my little girl, I felt on the pillow to see if she were gone, but she was fast asleep. There was no fire or light of any kind in the room. Yikes. Aha. Here's another ghostie. Mm. This is the murdered woman. Mm. A woman has been seen and heard since the time of the Darby's residence. She is believed to have been murdered by an O'Carroll. Mildred Darby describes her in her article submitted to the Occult Review. There is a woman with a very few clothes and a red cloth over her face. She screams loudly twice and disappears. It sounds like it could be a druid thing, mm -hmm. right? Mildred Darby describes a similar spirit in the book True Irish Ghost Stories by St. John, John D. Seymour. One night I was sitting talking with my governess. I got up, said goodnight, and I opened the door, which was on top of the back staircase. As I did so, I heard someone, a woman, come slowly upstairs, walk past us to a window at the end of the landing, and then with a shriek, fall heavily. As she passed, it was bitterly cold, and I drew back 
back into the room, but did not say anything as it might frighten the governess. There is a reenactment of the two O'Carroll brothers fighting over a lover. She was chased along the gallery and then stabbed. They all disappear and the entire keep is lighted up. The two soldiers in red coats have been seen breaking a woman's arm by an investigator during a visit. That's not cool. That is not cool. That is, there's so much just, I, I bad juju with this castle. I don't like it. I don't like it. Here's another one. The red lady. One of the spirits encountered from the time of the Darbies is known as the red lady. She's been described as a very tall woman clothed in a red dress. She's been seen carrying a dagger in her hand raised in a menacing manner. A strange luminescence is seen radiating within her. People encountering the spirit have commented on an immense cold filling the room and permeating into their heart. It is thought that the woman was captured by an O'Carroll and subsequently raped. The baby born as a result was then killed by the O'Carroll, reasoning that they could not afford to feed the child. Distraught, the the woman then killed herself with the same blade. A guest of the Darby submitted their account to the Occult Review. On the 31st of October, I went to my bedroom about 11 p.m. Well, that's is an ominous day. <laughs> During the night, the time was 12.45 a.m. As I subsequently saw by my watch, I felt that I was awakened by somebody in my room. It was pitch dark, and at first I could see nothing. I was wide awake within an extraordinary cold feeling at my heart that rapidly increased in intensity almost immediately i felt as much as i saw there was a tall figure in the middle of the room my first impression was that o'connell himself was there and no other member of the household would correspond to the height so o'connell must have been like a servant that was Mm -hmm. that tall what is it i asked there was no answer but now i could see dimly at first and with increasing distinctness that the tall figure was clothed from head to foot in red and within its right hand raised menacingly in the air. To my utter astonishment, I could see that my light, which illuminated the figure, was from within, having very much the effect of the dark lantern used in a photographer's room. As the figure advanced toward me, the light increased, and I could see distinctly that the form was that of a very tall woman holding some sort of weapon, knife, or dagger in her hand. What is it? I asked again, adding, who is it? And then hurriedly struck a match and lit my candle. As the flame of the match and candle illuminated the room, I looked all around. The room was empty. Note that the name O'Connell was used by the author of the letter, obviously to preserve the anonymity of the castle with Mildred Darby's wishes. Okay, so that's some, it. it's a fake name. Yes. Okay. Mildred Darby makes mention of the spirit in her article, Kelman Castle, the House of Horror. There is a tall, dark woman in the, his, in the historic scarlet silk dress that rustles she haunts the blue room which always used to be the nursery and sobs at the foot of the children's beds so sad the bloody chapel the bloody chapel is home to many of the spirits of leap castle people passing the castle at night have reported bright light streaming out of the upper windows this occurrence has been reported since the time of the darbies when the castle was left a burnt out shell after the 1922 burning this event was also reported by passers-by even now neighbors have telephoned the ryans and informed them of the chapel's illumination strange Mm. smells of rubber have also been reported during people's visits to the upper hall one of the most well-known is referred to as the o'carroll priest 
After the death of Mulroney O'Carroll in 1532, a fierce power struggle developed within the remaining O'Carroll family. Mm -hmm. Brother fought against brother to gain chieftainship. Legend has it that an O'Carroll murdered his brother, right. a priest, while performing a mass in the upper hall of the castle. Oh, it is creepy. believed that the priest started the mass before the arrival of his brother, and this was considered to be great insult. Yeah. The angered O'Carroll then fled into a rage and slaughtered his brother where he stood. The priest has been seen on many occasions in the bloody chapel. And the spirit has also been seen lurking in the stairway below and also leaves the chapel via the western door to the Bartizan and down the northwest stairs. That's creepy. Okay. Lastly, on Leap Castle, we have the Oubliette, which we have talked about before. So let's dive into a little bit more of a description of that. Okay. One of the more sinister features of, of the bloody chapel is the Oubliette. The Oubliette is, is a small chamber located in the northeastern corner of the bloody chapel. It is thought that the original use for these chambers was to store valuables. They were also used as a place to hide in the event of a siege. The O'Carrolls, however, used this chamber for a more sinister purpose purpose. They modified this chamber to serve as a small dungeon where prisoners were thrown into dead or dying. Yeah. The entrance to the chamber is a narrow hole originally fitted with a form of trap door. The name derived from the French to forget. Once someone was thrown into the oubliette, they were simply forgotten about. Aww. The O'Carrolls were said to be an extremely cunning and brutal clan, stopping at nothing to achieve domination. Legends tell of several occasions where the O'Carrolls would employ other clans as mercenaries to kill off nearby threats. Mm. Upon completion of the job, the mercenaries were invited back to Leap Castle for a celebratory feast. Unfortunately for the mercenaries, the feast was poisoned oh, gosh. and their throats were cut. Fun. Yes, Good right? Party. Think of uh, uh, Game, of, Game Thrones of Thrones and yep. the bloody wedding, right? Yep. The corpse were then the corpses were then thrown into the oubliette. Thirty-nine of the O'Neill clan are said to be disposed of in this fashion. Yikes. In fifteen ninety-nine, another deadly deed occurred at Leap Castle. Charles O'Carroll, the last chieftain at Leap at Leap was at war with the Earl of Tyrone and hired the McMahon clan from Monaghan as mercenaries. After they had fought for him, the O'Carrolls had a feast for the mercenaries and they were murdered in their sleep. Ugh. The McMahon clan are said to haunt the Great Hall at Leap Castle. I would haunt them too. Right. During the occupation of Leap Castle by the Darbys, the Oubliette was cleaned and the contents removed during some of the renovations carried out. It is said that three cartloads of skeletons were removed Ugh. from the yep. Oubliette during this period. Some believed that since the gruesome discovery, an emotional shockwave was sent through the castle and many spirits, including the elemental, were woken from their dormancy. Sean Ryan speaks of a man who seems to live in the Oubliette. He leaves the bloody chapel on occasion and wanders down the lower levels of the castle. No. That's what I have on Leap Castle. It's too much, man. <laughs> too much I told scary you it was stuff. a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't like it. Okay, this is a long episode again. Okay, <laughs> so we got to rush through. But um, if you guys have any more stories, have ever been to any of these castles, we want to know. Email us at theominousstitch at gmail.com. There are two S's, ominous stitch two s's <laughs> at gmail.com you right. can also go to any of our mostly instagram but you can go to any of our social medias and tag us and say hey on any of that we will respond right jen we we talk to you guys that's right um 
You can also jump over to podbean.com. That is where we host our podcast and you can leave us a message there. You can go through any of these show notes and read any of these funny words that I'm not reading correctly. (laughs) And um, you can also click on the little red button that says become a patron. We love our patrons. They help us be able to do this episode for you. It is February, so it's time for another shout out. So hello to Avery, Mike, Janet, Becca, Brittany, Kate. Am I missing anybody? No. Okay, I got him. Yay! Michael. Avery, Avery Mike, Janet, Brittany, Becca, yeah. Brittany, yeah. and Kate. Yep. Yep. Yay! Perfect. I got everybody. You I know it. you guys. Um, we love you. Thank you for being a patron and thank you for helping us woo, woo. be able to do this for you. Become a patron today. We will send you stuff. We will give you shout outs. I think I said all of the things. I cannot word anymore <laughs> today. But we do you have You did great though. <laughs> thank you. So that's a little look at haunted castles. There are a million more. If you want us to do more, let us know and we will do more castles for you. That's right. We have one more thing to do. So let's dive in. It's movie time. This week's movie review, we have always lived in the castle Uh, IMDb rating 5.6 stars. It was released in 2018 and synopsis. Mary Cat, Constance, and their uncle Julian live in isolation after experiencing a family tragedy six years earlier. When cousin Charles arrives to steal the family fortune, he also threatens a dark secret they've been hiding. I hate Charles. He is horrible. That's what it's supposed to be. I know. At first I was like, is he really a cousin? I know. I don't think so. I mean, he was. I'm sure I mean, that's the whole plot. They're saying he is the cousin. So I'm like, yeah, gross. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He he doesn't. He just wants the money. Yeah, obviously. Of course. Um, But Tysa Farmiga, she's in The 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 Nun. Nun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She acted circles around everybody, I think. Like, she was so good. She's so good. (laughs) She was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so this movie's free on Prime. We watched it there. And yes, so it's crazy because it's a horror movie, quote unquote. And I think that the whole premise, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, basically people are monsters and they're evil. That's the whole premise, I think, in my mind. Um, Because there's not like horror horror there's no ghosts i mean she's seeing things in her own you know well yeah i mean she practices witchcraft and and she you know has a very naturalistic kind of spirit and she does do things to people which you find out when you watch the movie (laughs) what happens there and and, you know her (laughs) it's all backed by (laughs) i don't know good things okay so they have a father that is evil yeah and he's um, rich they have a castle he's he's they live in a castle and he's evil and mean to the whole town i mean i guess they have some kind of industry over the whole town yeah which is not explained well enough yeah and he's evil and mean and runs the whole town and everybody in the town hates him he's mean to the girls we don't know exactly what he does to the girls we can only assume but yeah especially to constance right and then uh a big bloody death happens in the family which you find out they were arsenic poisoning arsenic poisoning yeah the two girls weren't poisoned um they blamed constance though they blamed constance because she was kind of like the maid and she was cooking she i think for everybody she cooked for everybody so they blamed her she was like 18 she was acquitted obviously because mm-hmm. she's there taking care of her sister and her now her uncle crippled who was, uncle he was poisoned but he lived he was yeah. the only one that lived through it that 
that was poisoned. Yeah. And so she's taking care of everybody. They become shut-ins in the castle uh, because the townspeople want that family gone. They hate them. It's crazy how much they're like so mean. And I know. I'm like, leave those poor girls alone. So mean. You don't hate the girls. You hated their dad and he's gone. So help the the girls. Yeah. The town's just so mean. Crispin Glover is the uncle and he's so awesome too. He's so good. I like him in this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Winter Soldier is <laughs> Winter Soldier is the uh, the he cousin plays the cousin and he oh, but yeah that's the what chauvinism you're to. that yeah. drips off of him yeah. is so disgusting that's the point it's of the movie so gross all of the people are horrible horrible yes. horrible pe- and all of them but I like I feel so much for Constance right. She she's so sweet. She is she's trying to please everybody. Trapped. But I like, feel like she's, she's the most trapped out of everybody. She's got like I feel like there's a little mental slip though. Well, I think she had to. I think this is like how she had Deals to protect herself right. from the evilness of her father. Yeah. From the insaneness of her sister. Because mm-hmm. I feel like she knows that if she slips up with her sister, mm-hmm. like that's it for that's her it. too. Yeah. So um but yeah, it's funny though. Oh my gosh. It's a really good premise of a movie and I thought it was kind of fun. Again, it's not super horror. But what I again though, for me, just for me, I don't know about Angela, but so Tysa acts so amazingly and I feel like everybody else overacts. Like they're trying too hard to be their roles. Like like you're like Sebastian Stan, the, the Charles Blackwood. Yeah. Like he's just so over the top. He's over the top. Well, yes, there. I, I think I think that's on purpose, though. I really think it's on purpose because I, I think you're supposed to. I, know. I think you're as a, as a as somebody watching this, I think you're supposed to identify with right. Mary Cat. Right. But then the whole movie. And then you find out, oh, shit. Yeah. But oh, then- sorry. Spoil alert. And that was a curse word. So sorry about that. You're so cute. You find but out the, stuff but, that, uh, but, that you're like, oh, crap. I'm empathizing with yeah. maybe the craziest one of them all. Right. But I love that. And I then, think I think that's why I the guess. acting is done that way. Alexandra I really think, is I like, really think that. She does okay. The Constance's character. Oh, yeah. But again, so we, she's I, I've acting actually too. watched. Well, yeah. On purpose, though. <laughs> on purpose. Know. I think it's on purpose. I don't know. I think, I think she has a little mental thing, but I think she's acting that way on purpose I think it's on purpose I think the director did that on purpose make everybody very idealized except for Mary Cat so that we can more identify with Mary Cat more readily but Mary Cat's character is over the top in a way too she's very introvert and she talks to herself and all that but she just does it so seamlessly like I believe her like if I saw her on the street yeah like I'd be like that's Mary Cat that's not Tysa (laughs) Like, do you see what I'm saying? Oh, okay, okay. Like, so you think that she is... She does just such a good job okay. portraying. Like, almost like, uh, what's it called? Method acting. Yeah, so you feel her I as feel a real her. person. Yes. And you see everybody else as just acting. Just too much, yeah. Okay, well... Like a theater, like a play. I disagree. I think it was done... <laughs> I think it was done that way on purpose. Interesting. Because I'm... Uh, the, who's who's Constance? What's her name? Alexandra. Yeah, Alexandra Dardu. Yeah, yeah. My husband loves her because she's beautiful. She's beautiful, <laughs> and we so we watch a lot of her stuff, and okay. like, and and she's great. Like, I usually like her, and yeah, and everything, and I think she's great. And we, I actually have seen this movie before. I have too. I so, think. Um, I was like, this all feels like deja vu. <laughs> so so anyway, but like, I think that she's doing that on purpose so that we can see that. She is trying so hard to be this perfect mm-hmm. 
And it is in a time of, of 1960s, right? Yeah, like yeah. where she, women she are is just very, she's Donna Reed and yeah. she's trying very hard to maintain that perfect mm-hmm. um, appearance. Mm-hmm. And it's all about that. And I think that her choices in that manner are spot on to show her mental illness and to show how she has mentally dealt with everything that's going on. I think that that's all such a choice. Yeah. Okay. I think she's fake on purpose. (laughs) Overly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's on purpose. It's like, it's an interesting movie, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting movie. It's, you know, okay. So, I was, I watched the first half of this while I was on my row rowing machine. <laughs> and so it's not a good movie to row to because no, it's slow. It is. It's super slow. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't watch this movie. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting movie. I crochet to it. Yeah. You can crochet to I it. Like I it. mean, there's, you, look up and you see, can look but, up and see and, yeah. and it's, it's like, you know, a slower paced movie. Yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah. I think a five is a good yeah rating for it i agree yeah i'll agree with that oh well look at us <laughs> agreeing five stitches five stitches yay yeah. oh man guys okay this is a long episode so we're gonna stop <laughs> <laughs> but um i hope you guys enjoyed it enjoy your super bowl whoop, whoop. and until next time we'll see you stitchers see you stitchers oh.